This is Rumble Strip. I'm Erica Heilman. This show is sponsored by Honey Road, my favorite restaurant in all of Vermont, serving Eastern Mediterranean small plates at the corner of Church and Main in downtown Burlington. It's pretty much the only place in Vermont where you can find grilled octopus with lemon caper aioli and fennel sea salt crackers, or maybe baby beets with ricotta and sumac honey and walnuts. It's friendly. It's super classy. You'll love it. Now on to the show. Today, I bring you the fifth episode of Problems, a radio drama about Pam and Joel, two old friends who support each other through their problems. In this episode, Joel's just come back from a long vacation in British Columbia, where he had a lovely time mountain biking with friends. But there were some problems. Welcome. It's really good to see you. It's been so long because it seems like you... It sort of seemed like you were on vacation for ever. I mean, I kind of was. I I was gone for al- almost a month, like four weeks, wow. really. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. um, that must have been so nice. It it was honestly. It was, you know, I'm I'm feel lucky to have been able to do it. Yeah. For sure. Where where were you exactly? So the first two weeks, I was with the family. We were on a beautiful island out in British Columbia called Hornby Island. And then we were in Whistler. They went home. I hung out in Whistler for a week. And you you know Whistler, right? Big ski town, fancy resort. Um, hung out there for a week. Then my buddies came out. And we had some time in Whistler to do... Because the mountain biking there is world class. Then we hop on a float plane. Oh picks my. us up on this beautiful, you know, green lake in Whistler which happens to be called Green Lake, flies us up to this pristine, blue, like untouched lake deep in the mountains north of Whistler. And we're up there for three days, you know, riding hut to hut, traipsing over ridgelines. We had a couple of guides who were fantastic, stayed in their camps each night where they, they cook you all the food you could eat, beers in the creek getting cold, you know, waiting for your arrival, just like really traveling in some rarefied air. So a lot of mountain biking. That is a lot of mountain biking. Gosh, it's so, it's, it's so nice to, um, how many people can do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's really yeah. lucky that you can do that. Yeah. No, I, I, I hear you, but you know, there's a whole thing now in the world of mountain biking. Have you heard of e-bikes, you know, electronic bikes, oh, bikes yeah, with little yeah. motors in them, you know, like it's cool. Like it's getting people out on the trails who maybe couldn't if they didn't have the, you know, the engine, the motor helping them a little bit. Mm-hmm. But like here's so I'm out one day riding these trails in Whistler. Right. And I hear someone like really gaining on me. So I'm thinking, you know, this person's really fast. I should move out of their way. And the dude's on an e-bike. Oh, and man. and just Jeez to, him. you know, to judge for a minute, like yeah, dude did not look he didn't look like someone who could ride faster than me no, just he based... wasn't he was probably fat he he kind of was and i got like it i gotta say it really it pissed me off and it kind of still does and i get you know whatever you know there's a lot of things going on in the world but it was legitimately maybe only about 90 seconds of my life that this guy yeah. affected i mean it was a beautiful day and, you know, the trail was great and I was having, you know, I was otherwise having a good time, but yeah, it just kind of, that, that pissed me off. You know, yeah, guys, right on, guys right on my six, 
you know, breathing down my neck, no right to be there. And it's just because he has his little motor. Yeah, and it's 90 seconds, but it also is, it can color the, you know, the next well, two hours. Well, yeah. exactly, exactly. Because yeah. do you think I remember all the good parts of that ride now? Exactly. No, but exactly. I remember those 90 seconds. I mean, that's what he took from me, right. is the memory of that ride. One of the things I wonder is that, you know, we have amazing mountain biking right here. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I am definitely spoiled having... It's like a bi-coastal exactly. life. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so you feel like you have to go out there in addition to having what we have here? Well, I mean, I can. So. Yeah. But, but you know, here's the thing. I mean, I, I love our trails here. They're amazing. But, you know, this trip in particular, like we went, we went deep into the backcountry. We were riding, you know, up on these ridge lines with these you know, views just forever of, you know, mountains and mountains and glaciers and marmots. And I'm happy to be home and I'm happy to be riding on our awesome local trails. But, you know, let's face it, we don't have a lot of tree above tree line riding here. So, you know, I'm kind of back looking at the same, you know, rocks and roots and trees and like, they're nice. But, you know, now I have that image from the trip. In my mind, always sort of measuring against the scenery here a little bit. So it just makes it, it's a little bit hard to have, to enjoy it because it's a little disappointing each time. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to diss what we have here because yeah. I do love it, but it, it is hard, like knowing what, you know, having experienced, you know, something else. I'm trying to not make like a value judgment here and say better, right. different, different. Better, different, different, better. Mm. Maybe. I'm, I'm not, I'm, You're not going there. I'm not going there, but okay. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, try, I'm trying to stay sort of focused on me and my experience. And I'm just saying that, you know, it does make it a little bit, makes it a little bit hard, you know? I, mean, I, I don't know. I hope, I hope you, I, I think you, I mean, I would think you, you would understand, but I don't know. Maybe. Well, it goes back to that thing between us that, you know, we've been friends for so long and, you know, I just, I am not. It's such a funny thing between us because we're kind of in different socioeconomic strata in a way. You know what I mean? Like we, given that we're in Vermont, we can be friends because class isn't important here, but we're sort of different classes maybe a little bit. And I'm just thinking that what's so nice about our relationship is that we can talk about your, you know, pretty fancy vacation and we can talk about you know, struggles that I'm having financially and that we can share those experiences and still feel really close. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So you had that week before your friends came to yourself. Was that, that sounds, was that hard? Yes and no. I was in a great place with honestly, very little responsibility. You know, Whistler's a, a lot of wealthy people there, you know, vacationing and such. And, you know, I've gotten to know some of the, some of the locals, like, you know, I almost felt like I was bridging this gap between a visitor and a local. And, you know, I looked at the, the other tourists and it was almost like, dude, you know, what are you doing here in my town? Like with your, you know, fricking SUVs and fancy bikes. And yeah, I almost started to feel like, like I own the place. You know, it's funny, and the other thing that can happen in a situation like that is the locals can kind of, in a way, when you stick around too long, it's almost like they lose, 
I mean, there is a kind of deference you expect when you're on vacation and that you sort of deserve because you've paid a lot to be there. And I think that if you, you know, if you, if you are there for long enough, some of that deference can go away. And I think that that's, you know, you want to remind people, no, in fact, I have spent a lot of money to be here and I still need service. For me, for me, it's that it's, um, you know, I don't go on vacation very often. I do go, but for me, when I go on vacation, you know, I, again, I've worked really hard to get there wherever it is. And I just do kind of want and expect to be treated, you know, just a little special. You know, I was going to say, I think because, because I do, like, I am a pretty seasoned vacationer that for me, it was almost the opposite. I almost wanted, I almost, I wanted to like become the local. Go local. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. So you went, once you were, you were taken in by a float plane and then you went, you traveled from hut to hut, right? And then they fed you. How did that all? Yeah. So they, so this company, this tour company, they have these camps set up, you know, in the back country. And one thing that they, they, you know, they touted were, they have, they actually have showers, you know, and it was was pretty nice to have that. But the water pressure was was like kind of like a dribble almost. Oh. And I was kind of like, what, almost like, what's the point? You know, like, like, I appreciate that you went to all this effort to like construct a solar heated shower. And, you know, there, the water was hot. Don't right. get me wrong. But, you know, I don't know, maybe a change the shower head or something, you know, yeah. get, get a little water pressure going. Yeah, water pressure is so important. I think so. Well, you've spent a lot of money. You've traveled a long way to get there. You kind of expect good, you know, good water pressure. Yeah. Right? And I mean, you're, you it's know. It's funny why things just are never, it's, it's just those little things that sort of just change, just slightly change an experience. And, and you know what's hard about it? You know that those little things shouldn't really matter. And then you get upset that you're letting them matter you know what i mean like i'm taking this you see i'm taking this to like a meta level yeah right right it's a problem that you see these problems and that is in itself a problem right because you're like really it shouldn't be a problem but you can't i respect that you even notice that i think that that shows a good deal you know a good deal of sort of self-reflection that you can that you can stop and say you know i really should this shouldn't be an issue for me but for me it it is an issue or, I mean, you know, when you were talking earlier about our friendship, maybe I think that's a really, that's a key piece of it, right? That we're both able, we both have that kind of meta view of problems. You mean that we know when something's not supposed to be bothering us, but it does? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I feel kind of proud of myself for that. I mean, I feel like that is a kind of level of yeah. Um, self-knowledge self-awareness yeah self-awareness that's yeah. what i was looking for yeah 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 that was problems with pam and joel because no problem is too small to complain about before I sign off, I want to announce some good news about Rumblestrip. I've joined a new podcast collective called Hub and Spoke, which is made up of some excellent and independently produced shows like mine. I'm excited to be in good company and also to share these shows with you. 
Podcasts mostly spread by word of mouth, particularly those that are made by individuals, and these are some really good shows. One of the founding members of Hub & Spoke is producer Wade Rausch. He's the maker of Soonish, a tech and culture podcast about how the future is shaped by technology, but technology is shaped by us. One recent episode called The Future is Clear is about the nature of glass, a more complex and fascinating material than most people realize. You can find Soonish at soonishpodcast.org. You can learn more about the other shows at hubspokeaudio.org. Again, Rumblestrip is sponsored by Honey Road, a woman-owned and woman-run restaurant winning awards in downtown Burlington, Vermont. I'm Erica Heilman with Rumblestrip. Thanks a lot for listening. Thank you.